get into it? Should yeah. We okay. No, I think we should. Yeah, if, if we sound weird, we can't really hear ourselves. Well, I mean, we can hear ourselves live, but we can't hear back audio once we record yeah. it. Does that make sense? We can't make sure that it sounds fine, but it can't sound any worse than it did about 45 minutes into last week's episode when we had to change studios. And <laughs> did, did it sound bad? I haven't, said, <laughs> I haven't listened to the audio yet. It definitely sounded different. I mean, if you were listening, did it we sound said, bad? I wouldn't. I don't think so. No. Let us know if it sounded we, bad. Yeah. <laughs> we, if you couldn't finish the episode, let us know if you couldn't finish the then, Bubble Boy then, episode. Then we will re-record it like season eight yeah. of Game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll just I'll, we'll script out everything we said and we'll go back and forth. We're gonna and, make a change.org yeah. petition and then to George remake said, it. Yeah. <laughs> remake it with um co- in a competent production and studio. Then, and then Amelia Clark will speak out like, how dare they re-record <laughs> that episode of No Hugging, No Learning? It's a smack in the face of the writers, the producer. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> welcome to no, no Hugging, No Learning. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's the show about one thing, <laughs> watching Seinfeld for the first now time. Now I'm lost. I'm Ted Hollowell? <laughs> and I'm Tim Murphy? Ah, something doesn't sound right, but all right. Uh, today we're talking about The Cheever Letters, Season 4, Episode 7, and I'm glad that this was... Uh, I'm going to say it right off the bat, the, my favorite episode so far this season. You think so? Because I'm tired and I'm starving, and it's the middle of the week, and we all know how those episodes can go. It's, it, it's going to uh-huh. be hit or miss, because uh, we're not doing it on a normal time time but i started this episode the second it was over i'm like well, i'm having okay. a fantastic time uh with this episode so uh but, but we have tons to get to before that yes uh did we have any news or homework i don't think we had any news but i do have i had a ton of stuff uh, a lot of homework to get to okay first i did not get a photo but i have seen multiple signs over the past week uh saying that brake retarders <laughs> were prohibited after a certain really? point oh yeah there is okay. one on 38th if you want to drive and see it for yourself but i did i did want to take one Yikes, to, to tweet okay. or something like that see i, I still don't think it's a yikes it's just the okay. way the word is used it, it's just a personal yikes for me yeah, then, yeah. i guess I, I, i'm allowed to have personal yikes you're allowed to have personal yeah personal yikes but i mean <laughs> i just i just see it as a word that can be used in a certain context in, in a hateful way but when you're talking about engine brakes on a tractor trailer i don't think anyone sees it and goes hey can we Hey, can, not, can we not? Not cool, guys. Okay. Not cool. But right. I've seen two, and one was in the city of Pittsburgh, so oh, a wow. big city that okay. still hasn't, yeah, where, where normally big cities are more woke. Uh, did Jerry and Elaine <laughs> remark about the bubble boy upon entering the diner? The answer is a resounding yes. So we were remarking at the end of last week's episode, if you couldn't make it all the way through, uh, two guys come in and they say, hey, somebody hurt the bubble boy. The bubble boy's going to the hospital. And everybody in the diner is rallied into a posse. And so they obviously knew who the bubble boy was. And we noticed one of the many inconsistencies, uh, it was possible that Jerry and Elaine enter the diner in a boisterous manner. It's a quiet diner. Mm -hmm. There's only a few people in there, and they enter in a boisterous manner. And they mention the bubble boy several times. Before uh, there's a couple seated directly behind their spots at the counter, Elaine says. So Jerry's like, my whole weekend's ruined because George couldn't slow down. Elaine says, your whole weekend. What about the Bubble Boy? Jerry says, why do you keep bringing up the Bubble Boy? You don't have to mention the Bubble Boy. I know about the Bubble Boy. I'm aware of the Bubble Boy. Why do you keep reminding me about the Bubble Boy? Elaine blows a bubble and pops it six times. Yeah, six times. Six very loudly. Right then. So there's someone else at the lunch counter. The waitress then approaches. So. The two guys run in, and they know exactly who the bubble boy mm-hmm. is. They know that everyone in the diner is going to know who the bubble boy is. <laughs> this is another glaring plot hole, along with Jerry's disappearing, reappearing car phone. Boy, I hope somebody got fired for yeah. that blunder. Bubble boy, I certainly hope, yeah. 
Uh, I've learned this on the Wikipedia page, too, so this is some extra credit. On November 10th, 1999, a computer virus named Bubble Boy was discovered. I distinctly remember Uh, computer viruses, the internet was still very, you know, still pretty new to us. It was new, yeah. Yeah, like my family got AOL in 95, I think, and Uh we were early adopters, I want to say. So computer viruses were still, like, that was in their infancy, and I remember Bubble Boy being one of the very big ones, and apparently was named after this episode. It was the first malware of its kind, having been actually able to activate itself Upon the recipient opening the email contents as opposed to running an attachment. So, Ooh. you know, you had to run like Brittany Daniels sex video.exe. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. In order oh, to, no. to call back to, again, another someone who was mentioned. Um, <laughs> but those were rampant on like the days of Napster and Kazaa and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like 311 down.exe. <laughs> like, yes, I finally get to listen to yes. Oh, no. Oh. Um, so, as such, in spite of not being actually dangerous, the virus changed the concept of antivirus technology. Ooh. And it was named okay. Bubble Boy. <laughs> um, and finally, I just wanted to mention that Temple of the Dog, the rock supergroup that formed in Seattle, was conceived by Chris Cornell of Soundgarden as a t- tribute to his friend, the late Andrew Wood, lead singer of the band's Malfunction, and more famously, Mother Love Bone, who OD'd on heroin in 1990. And the Bubble Boy has a, pos- a Temple of the Dog poster. And the band released one album, the self titled Temple of the Dog, in April of 1991. And Pearl Jam, so there are some members of Pearl Jam Mike McCready, Stone Goddard, uh, and Eddie Vedder. Wait, was Stone in it? No, I don't think he was. Just Mike McCready, Matt Cameron, and Eddie Vedder as guest vocalist on that song that Ted and I so amazingly recreated, uh, <laughs> Hunger Strike, last week. And so here's the thing. Temple of the Dog, when it came out, blah, 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 no one really cared except outside of the Seattle grunge scene. And then Pearl Jam got big. I thought Pearl wow. Jam was a thing, and then Temple of a Dog became a thing. Huh, but no, okay. Pearl Jam's 10 didn't come out till 1991. And the uh, Temple of the Dog formed in 1990. So, yeah, their first album came out in April of 91. And then 10 was released after, in August of 91. So did Eddie Vedder get his popularity from Temple of the Dog? No, it was was reversed. So Temple of the Dog came out first, and he was like, oh, sure, I liked this guy from Mother Love Bone. I'll I'll be on a couple tracks. And then once Pearl Jam was big, then people were like, whoa. Temple of the Dog. Eddie huh. Vedder's on this, too. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, 10 landed with, like, an atomic bomb. It oh was my the God, beginning yeah. of it, that and Nevermind, but to me, it was all about 10. Yeah, 10 is still, like, the definitive album that, like, you have to have <laughs> if you if you own a record player. Yeah, yeah. It's still, it's one of those records. Yeah, it's it's really, I mean, I always... I, I don't own it. I want to. One of my favorite lines, it was the first album that I bought with my own money. I really? bought it on cassette from a friend of mine. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And I, I always put it back to um, uh, uh, Wayne's World or Wayne's World 2. I think it's Wayne. I don't remember which one it is now, but uh, Wayne is going through albums and he picks up Frampton Comes Alive and he's like, mm-hmm. if you lived in the suburb, you were, if you bought a house in the suburb, you were issued this album. And it's the same <laughs> thing. If you grew up as a kid in the suburbs, you were sort of like issued 10 yeah. at a certain age. You like got it in the mail, like your draft <laughs> card, like, oh, what's this? 10. I guess I'll check it out. And then it blows your mind and you love, you oh know, my God, you, it, yeah. it sort of opens up. It opened up. Like, well, I, I sort of inherited it from my sister, my love of Pearl Jam. She loved Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have an older sibling, that sort of, they hand down those musical, you know, uh, you know stuff, um, influences. And so from her, I, she loved 10. And so I bought the 10 cassette from a friend because I didn't have a CD player. I didn't oh, get my disc man. man at that point. Yeah. So <laughs> I had it on cassette. I had Do my you still have man. 10 on cassette? I bet I saw it. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. probably worth a little bit. You think so? No. I, 
Ah. It's probably so mass produced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but, everywhere. But it, it'd be really cool to have. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm certain I still have it. Yeah, because cassettes are one of those things that are sort of teetering on like coming back. Because yeah. There's no good reason to have them with vinyl. No, not at all. Vinyl, you know, you could argue for sound quality. Like you, analog can do things digital yeah, can't. But and tapes. Cassette is just novelty. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But whenever it was whenever portability that, in the oh, day, exactly. and now it's whenever novelty. it was whenever it was produced, like yeah. they probably made millions of copies. Yeah, so yeah. they're everywhere but you also don't see them anywhere <laughs> and it, it, it <laughs> uh, the majority of them were probably thrown away and it lowered in quality even more than cd you know oh, you could yeah. mass produce cds and not lose any quality but with tapes it was like each one you made was another mm-hmm. was just another notch in the copy you know so you could get bootleg tapes that looked very relatively real but then you, they you, they sounded awful oh yeah uh, yeah so nowadays it is, it's novelty <laughs> mixed with you know not even mixed with portability back in the day it was like oh thank goodness we don't have cds yet but at least we don't have to lug records anywhere and we don't have and they're not as big as eight tracks yeah. you know <laughs> so yeah um, it, realistically it's probably worth what you paid for it May- i think i bought it off my buddy for like i don't want to say 10 bucks i don't think he took me for that much but maybe five it's probably worth about five bucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd, I'd venture that. Yeah. I can look on Discogs after that. That can be my homework. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, any, anything else? Any news? And any it might homework? fund the rest of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Libsyn, I think we have like the $20 plan. So maybe I could pay for like a quarter of our it, monthly pay, hosting pay, with it. It'll pay for one week of uploading. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, no, that's all I have. All that's right. all I have for um, now. Other than that, we'll get into this at the end of the show. But compared to previous weeks, Newman's mail sack is bursting at the seams. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's my might be a long one after all. Uh, we'll, we'll try and keep it like regular length. Okay. Um, other than that, uh, if you haven't listened to us before, listen to the full thing. Uh, give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. If you do that, we'll send you a No Hugging, No Learning sticker. We haven't gotten any new reviews in like six months. What? Yeah. Come on. Uh, get on that. Yeah, get on that. Can people review people? us through the iHeart? radio app which I, we are on by the way which is free i don't know <laughs> uh i don't know I if should, they can or not i should give us I, I know a lot of podcasts just push uh the apple podcasts app because yeah. that's where like the ratings are most prevalent ah uh, see i prefer iHeartRadio, which is number one for podcasting anyway <laughs> just personal preference i suppose okay stop <laughs> um let me go to my library and look at my podcast because um, I have subscribed to my old <laughs> podcast, first of all. I heard that was good. Still available. And Oh, my right. God. Stop it. <laughs> Why can't I just plug everything, Ted? It's just plug city. Podcast info. No, it doesn't look like you can rate. Okay, no. Okay, so give us a five-star rating and a written <laughs> review on the Apple Podcasts app. Uh, like I said, we haven't gotten any uh, in the last six months, but we, we do have a good standing rating. Okay. Um, I, I do think we still have a five-star rating, uh, so I'd like to keep that up. Once again, if you've never listened to the show before, we are not a research-heavy show. I'm watching these episodes for the first time. Tim's watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. And he has also quit all extracurricular watching on yeah. TBS, TNT, whatever whatever uh, network, whatever TBS, channel they're on. Is yeah, it TBS? I think so. Be patient with us because we are... Um, uh, we're we're discovering these episodes for the first time almost mm-hmm. uh if we miss something if we egregiously skip over something please send us an email send us a tweet no hugging no learning show at gmail.com or at no hugging both of those links are in the description that being said season four episode seven the cheever letters uh, original air date october 28th 1992 i was negative one month and 22 days old oh, we're getting so close we're getting there my, my mom is getting big oh yeah oh, uh yeah. if you're looking at the tv 
If you're looking at the TV Guide on October 28th, you're going to see, as he and Jerry start their script, George confronts Susan's father about the cabin fire. All right. I love it. And I love, first of all, let me talk about the title. I love, not to jump too far ahead, but... I love how it's a punchline without us even knowing it. We're like, oh, what are the Cheever letters? And once we discover what they are, it's just like, I, I love it. Right, oh, whoops, right on its <laughs> surface. Uh, but we start with a stand-up bit after the, the title. And after we've read about it in TV Guide, now we have a stand-up bit. Uh, and it's about the office and how it's really just kind of a stationary store with danishes. That's how a lot of people treat it. Uh, this wasn't a great opening bit. Because uh, it falls apart then immediately when he's like, He's like, you want your pastries, you want your paper and staplers. I don't know. I, I but then yeah. he's like, why do people have pictures of their family on their desk facing towards them? Do they forget they're married while they're working? Yeah, like do they forget that they have a family? And he says something like uh, along the lines of, "Oh boy, it's five o'clock. Time to go. Time to go hit the bars and pick up some hookers." Yeah, I'm like okay. And then he's like, "Oh, what's this? Oh, I forgot. I'm married with kids. I got to head home." Yeah. I, does. <laughs> Jerry's not acting at the top of his intelligence for this. this no. is, uh, we're discovering that there's so many of these that aren't A-list Seinfeld material. I don't know if they just told him, hey, we need something about offices really quick. And like, oh, the pictures, that's kind of funny. Like, it's everyone knows why you have pictures of your loved ones facing you on yeah. your desk, right? I mean, because you want to be reminded of them <laughs> while you're working during the day that you're not with them. I mean, does Jerry... I mean, I really think he's a sociopath. He might I, be. I, we've seen before that we he... We already know he's a narcissist. Yeah, I think we've already seen before that he cares... Like, for instance, in the last episode with the bubble boy, mm-hmm. everybody's crying about this kid's autoimmune disorder. Yeah. Jerry, meanwhile, takes the tissue from Elaine and wipes his mouth with it. He is unfeeling <laughs> and, you know, probably capable of very dark things. But among those, it's it. he feels no love or emotion for any other person besides himself. <laughs> Maybe. Is this going to be a, a, a bonus episode one day? Is yeah. uh, psychologically diagnosing Jerry Seinfeld? I think so. I mean, honestly, I, I love... Are you familiar with the Saved by the Bell uh, web series, Zach Morris is yes. awful human I think Jerry Seinfeld as a psychopath should be our... Um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld doesn't understand okay. why people love their families. Okay, so Zach Morris and Trash goes along Zach, with, yeah. with the Saved by the Bell theme song or something. Yeah. It's like, Zach Morris is Trash. Yeah. So what would the... Jer- Jerry Jer- Seinfeld is a psychopath. Yeah. And we'll just show how, you know, Jerry Seinfeld is is stone cold and has no emotions, yeah. uh, you know, when it comes to other people. And maybe not himself. I mean, we do know he cares. He, like you said, he's a narcissist, but does he really care about himself or could he live or die and be fine with it? I, I definitely think we should explore this at some <laughs> point, whether it's a bonus episode, whether it is uh, like a long episode yeah. one week. But we definitely need to do this um, because my uh, one of my groomsmen, uh, next time he's in Erie, he's a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm. graduating with uh, his doctorate soon, yeah. I think. Um, hey, Matt, shout out, by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know like where he's at like in schooling, right, but right. he's... he's Done or almost done? Well, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind an official diagnosis because we've, we, you know, we pointed out whenever it happens, like Jerry Seinfeld's a psychopath. In mm-hmm. this instance, it's very clear that he has no regard for living things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mostly people, no regard for living people. Um, so I think this is a great instance of that, and it's another instance of a Seinfeld bit that falls apart upon just the smallest bit of closer oh God, reading. Yeah. yeah, it's like. Why do people have pictures of their loved ones at their desk? You, do you really not know? I would love to ask him. <laughs> if I was in the audience, I would. Re- do you really not know? Because I don't think he could get upset. Like, well, of course, but if you explain it, it's not funny. Like, no, it, it wasn't funny because we all know. I just want to make sure. Do you know mm-hmm. why people? Uh, okay, moving on. We have. Uh, we're in the apartment. Uh, George 
is there with Jerry. He's explaining the SME with Susan's dad later to tell him about the cabin. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't even, the, the dad doesn't even know yet. Um, and we not only burned down his cabin, but burned down with his own Cuban cigars, uh-huh. which Jerry finds hilarious. Again, <laughs> he's a psychopath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, George has, it, it goes back and forth for like a minute and a half with no <laughs> substantial content, I thought. It really was you know previously on this was serving as previously oh, on yeah. explaining what happened if you missed the last episode yeah. without showing clips yeah. and then George comes in with the line he's like we could build a cabin like that yeah and Jerry replies with well maybe not us but two men could two men could I lo- already the best line one of the best lines of the episode this is how you know it's going to be great I, I cracked up with that so hard because uh, I identified with it so hard but so we find out that they're together right now to start re- writing the pilot so mm-hmm. they sit down with both pens and papers and pens, uh, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. George makes a thing about how he doesn't like that brand of pen. He likes a rolling... A, I don't ro- know if it was a another, rolling ink or yeah, a rolling flow. It must have been another ink. brand. I don't know. They might have gone under. Or um, it's just like a, a rollerball pen yeah. versus a... Ballpoint? Well, yeah, I think. Which Bix were... I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but anyway, so they <laughs> sit down and um, it, it's just the first instance of George trying to delay both of them really trying oh to my del- God, in their yeah. own way delay well, writing this well, Jerry's, pilot. Jerry's trying to work yeah, at this point. He wants to buckle down. Yeah, and George is like, oh, you're going to sit there? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's just like one of the things, but uh, George ends up succeeding in getting Jerry to procrastinate. Yeah, yeah. And I forget what they do. I think they just turn on the TV. Well, Ger- George goes, weren't you going to call Elaine? He's like, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they, right. they do think for a second and then George goes, weren't you supposed to call Elaine? And he's like, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then George turns on the TV immediately, and Jerry picks up the <laughs> phone to call Elaine. And Jerry complains that he always has to talk to Elaine's secretary, Sandra, whenever he calls. Susan. Susan. No, Susan is George's girlfriend. Sandra. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I, wrote, I wrote Susan. I was just getting him <laughs> um, uh, confused. Wow, I wrote Susan everywhere. Oh, Oops. no. Man. Well, I'll try to keep your Susans and your Sandras <laughs> separate. Um, so my, yeah. my Susans and my Sandras separate. <laughs> Uh, so he has to talk to Sandra every time and, and make small talk with her, and he hates it. Uh, so he kind of fakes that he's waiting. At a, he's calling from a payphone uh-huh. to and that talk someone's to like outside waiting <laughs> yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he's just trying to tell Elaine that they've got plans for later, and uh, he ends up telling her he's like, "Hey, is there a way that I can call you directly? Yeah, because every time I call, Sandra talks my ear off. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much that's pretty much the end of their conversation. And then so, but when when um, Jerry hangs up, he's like, "How about?" So he's like, thought of it a start to the pilot. We're in my apartment. You come in. Oh, that's right. And George is like, it's beautiful. Beautiful. So they write <laughs> it down. They got to start. Uh, over at Pendant Publishing, for just a quick scene, this is where Elaine tells Sandra, when my friends call, could you not talk to him for so long? Uh-huh. Uh, and immediately she's like, did Jerry say something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's immediately after Jerry called. Uh, a, a, real, a, a fumble by Elaine on her part. It really is her <laughs> fault. And Sandra quits. Yeah. Because of this. Yeah. And, uh,. Uh, it, it just caught me off guard, I yeah. guess. I'm like, okay, did, did she, like, do something else? Does she know Jerry? Why is she so upset yeah, with this? Yeah, yeah. She really takes it hard so much that she can't even do the job anymore. Yeah. The, yeah. the fact that, like, hey, please don't talk to my personal <laughs> friends for me for 25 minutes before sending them to my phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so then back to uh, Jerry and George uh, in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Kramer enters. Uh, waking up, well, he wakes up Jerry and George. Uh-huh. So this is obviously just a little bit later, but they haven't written anything else. They've been napping. Uh, but Kramer walks in, and to great applause. Yeah. By the way, not even a great Kramer slide entrance. Just no. walks in, but he does drop a ye oh, in there. Ye. I, don't, I don't know if you caught I that. I did not catch no, the ye. Not to the the modern definition that we know the word ye, but more of like a 
Ye. What's ye? Is that like yeet? Uh, it's it's like the yes. It, it's similar to yeet, uh-huh. uh, but it, it's like uh, used in like all of the trendy country terminology. Like, yeah, like yee yee or something uh, like that. Okay, it like part of yeehaw. Yeah, uh. it, it's short for yeehaw. Short for yeehaw. Okay, yeah. uh, maybe I think, Kramer did anyway. Maybe he did coin this. I mean, oh my god, yeah. did, did Kramer coin the word <laughs> yee? I think he might have because I'd never heard it before. Well, also there's like the YouTube video. Have you ever seen like the the yee <laughs> dinosaur? No. Oh my god! I'll show you after this. Okay. It's it's like nine <laughs> seconds long. It's homework. okay. That's homework. Um, yeah. So he's uh, he's bummed because there's no more golf because the cigars are gone. They all burned up. He brought them all to the cabin, I guess, uh, and they're all burned up in the fire. And he like he asked George if. Well, I love that he says, "Can you ask that guy you got him from for more?" That guy <laughs> Kramer should know is the dad of George's girlfriend Susan, who he vomited on. Yeah, that guy is whose cabin you burned down. I just love how you know. Could you ask that guy for more? And George, of course, is not going to ask him that. Uh, yeah. He's not going to ask the guy whose cabin he burned down uh-huh. for but, more Cuban cigars. But George just says, why don't you get your own? And Kramer's <laughs> like, where? They're Cubans. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you would get this because you're uh, you're a little older than I am, but what is the big deal about Cuban cigars? Well, they were since they were made in Cuba, the embargo for so long was up, and so you couldn't trade at all. for You couldn't buy anything from okay. Cuba. And Cuba wouldn't buy anything from America either. That's okay. why all the cars on the island were like 90 there were like pristine taken care of like 1960s Chevys and stuff wow, like that. really? Is it yeah, still yeah. like that to this day? I, I, they've been lifted a little bit. I, I mean, okay. in the past four years or so, the embar- like uh, family members started to be able to visit family members in America and vice versa. Interesting. So, yeah, you couldn't even travel there legally. Huh. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, But that's why they were such a big deal that if you could get Cuban cigars, you weren't even really legally supposed to have them because, because yeah. of that trade embargo. Uh, so yeah, so Kramer's like, I guess I'm gonna have to take it into my own hands. Okay, you know, which we okay. don't really know what, what that he's means gonna do. This, yeah, yeah, what that means at this point. Uh, and then George takes this opportunity to ditch the whole thing. He's like, oh, I got to get ready for dinner. I got to take a shower. I want to make sure I have enough time. He's got four <laughs> hours, Jerry says, but you know, he still got to. Which isn't that crazy. I mean, we don't know where George lives, but it could take him an hour to get home. You know, I guess, maybe 30 yeah. minutes and then but, an hour to but Susan. But he's still so got that's an four, hour. four and a half hours. Three hours after yeah. that, yeah. Um, but <laughs> J- Jerry's like, what about the pilot? And I love George's line here, too. I think we got a bite on it. <laughs> they wrote, my apartment, George enters. Yeah. That's what they wrote. They, they, they didn't get any dialogue yet, nope. did they? No, that's right. No, yeah. He's like, I think we got a bite on it. Uh, and, and George, I think, means it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's oh, happy with the Lord. work they've done. Uh, but I think this is a good, interesting... Like, Jerry's used to sitting down and writing comedy. Uh-huh. You know, he sits down and writes his jokes. The comedian does. We've never seen him do it on the show, but you got to imagine that, that he does. So he's used to... Well, actually, I take that back. We have seen him do it on the show. The Globes of... Whatever it was. The Flaming Globes of... Sigmund. Sigmund. Oh, yeah. my God! So he does write down jokes, and the jokes that he had written down perfectly on his way to Los Angeles for The Tonight Show. That's right. That got lost. So That's right. We haven't seen him actually write, uh, but he's used to writing comedy. So uh-huh. when he sits down with a pad and paper, he, he knows what he's doing. George doesn't. Exactly. He's doing. <laughs> but George is, George is uh, thinking that he's the leader <laughs> yeah, of, of this creative, creative process. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so later on, we're at Susan's parents' house, and George... Uh, the mom, I think, remarks that George looks like the dad's sister, Sarah, um, and which is hilarious. Uh-huh. And uh, George somehow gets into... Oh, because... How did he get into his tremendous respect for people that work with feet? Uh, I think Sarah is a podiatrist, or her son is studying to be a podiatrist. But I, a podiatrist, I think, one of those things. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Um, but that just that just threw me for a loop. I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> when did George get a foot fetish? Uh, yeah, yeah. It is one of those things that when you become a doctor, I mean, there's no real good. If you're grossed out by anything, there's no good doctor to be, I would yeah. say. Unless maybe, you know, uh, uh, no good, I don't know if medical doctor is the way. Nothing to do with the body. No physical doc, no mm-hmm. physical job. You know, you could, be a, you could be a brain doctor or whatever, a mind doctor, <laughs> which I think is what we should call psychologists. M- mind mind doctor. doctor. Oh, like Doctor Strange? That's what I think of <laughs> Yeah, kind of like Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they start swirling their hands in front of your face. Uh, and, but so, so that's why, I mean, I, I kind of agree with George. That, like, if you choose to work with feet, you know, yeah. that's, because think of the... The nicest foot you could find is still pretty gross. Yeah, that's true. And, and you're not going to see that. And now think of the grossest yeah. foot. Yeah. Like bunions everywhere. That's what's coming in oh, every day. Man. I found uh, there's a new TV <laughs> show uh, that's in the same vein as Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, no. But it's uh, the foot guru or oh, something. No. Or the foot doc. Yeah. Where it, he had a YouTube series, but he was literally just filming people's feet because I think of like HIPAA. Yeah. Uh, but oh, na- yeah. But now it's oh, like actual gosh. patients and he's like... Like cuts off oh, and files down their bunions. I'm gonna vomit if I had anything in my stomach. It would come out right now. <laughs> I like you eating a chuckles. I would. It, it, it's just that gro- that that grosses me out hearing about that. Um, it was the, the it was not thing. fun yeah. to watch. Right. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of. We have a podiatrist in town, and I think they're the ones that they have a great. They have a great slogan. Do you know Bayfront? Podiatry's slogan: Put your feet in our hands, Bay City Associates yes. and Podiatry. Put your feet in our hands. I love that yeah. metaphorically and literally. Not a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Don't go to Bayfront. What is it? You know, let's not even say it again. Yeah. Don't go to BayfrontPodiatry.com and put in do not no hugging. It's not a code. No hugging. Yeah. You're not going to get a discount. They won't send you a free petty egg or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> so, but I like put your feet in our hands. It's yeah. just a great like figuratively and literally your feet will be in our hands. So, um, but then um, George he does this Johnny Carson impression when they say something to him about like. They make a lot of non sequiturs. Uh, George, Sarah, Susan's parents do. You know, they just kind of say, especially yeah. the mom, because she's a drunk, an obvious drunk right uh-huh. off the bat. Uh, and they're just kind of saying stuff, and, and George goes, well, That's some weird, wild stuff. And uh, that's his Johnny Carson impression. And it falls flat in the room. No one oh, laughs yeah. at it. In fact, the dad makes a point to say, I never liked his humor. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Carson is one of those beloved American television yeah, like how do you how do you not, <laughs> you not like Johnny Carson? Especially at that time. He was the only. Yeah, funny night guy in the game. It's not like it was Johnny against David. Mm. Dave was on after Johnny, for that matter. You know, it was like Johnny Carson. It was just that was it. <laughs> he was America's nighttime laughter yeah. before I mean, we go I, to bed. I guess I could see like there would definitely be people who didn't like him for being overexposed. Maybe yeah, yeah, I or, guess. or yeah. like oh, I don't like how everyone likes him. Like, yeah, th- that, yeah, that's a legitimate concern. And too. maybe that's you know, I, I guess maybe. Susan's dad is that kind of high class, like, ugh. You know, like Elaine's Maybe. dad probably wouldn't like Johnny Carson. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, but <laughs> I like where George, he's still trying to impress Susan's parents, so he's like, uh, he's like, you know what, I, 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 um, I understand that. You don't like Johnny Carson. What's the point of laughing? <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. What's the point of doing that? Opening your mouth and going, ha. Uh, so he's trying to still ingratiate himself uh-huh. to Susan's parents, partly because it's his girlfriend's parents, partly because he knows what's coming up. They have, he's going to yeah, break the news to them. Yeah, and I'll give George credit. Like, he's, he's actually, like, trying to 
uh, gain favor of her parents. He, yeah. He's trying. Yeah, he's trying with a woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he, George's dad, I mean, Susan's dad asks about the cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan's mom goes, oh, you and your cigars. Because he, I don't know, George isn't being grateful enough, I guess, for the cigars I guess, as, he, yeah. he, as he expects to be. Yeah. But her dad immediately the, then uh, turns to the mom. He's like, oh, wear some more lipstick. Yeah, just an Jesus. awful. I know. Yeah. He's you an, and your cigars. This is an awful wear guy. More lipstick. Yeah. An awful Ugh. marriage all around. It oh seems my god! Like. A- um, an awful, loveless, obviously yeah. sexless marriage. She's drinking to cope. Yeah, so she's an alcoholic. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, we we learned that the cigars were made special for Fidel Castro. Yeah, they literally apparently. were his brand. And, yeah. yeah, the dad like gets into. He's like, "How'd you like the cabin?" Oh, I have this after. Well, he, he says the line, how'd you like the cabin? And then we go to Jerry's. Ah, got yeah, it. It, it cuts back oh, and forth. Yeah, that's for a right. While. And George goes, oh, the, the cabin. Yeah. Yeah. And then back in Jerry's, um, Elaine is uh, asking Jerry to call Sandra. And through like a, a couple of steps, Jerry now has to go and have a drink with Sandra. He's yeah. G- he's going to go out with her. Uh, completely foregoing his plans with Elaine, mm-hmm. but Elaine was okay with yeah, that, I guess. because she needs this person back yeah. to work. Yeah, she, she needs her working for her. Um, and I like, first of all, that Jerry denies Elaine pretzels because of this, you know, sort of like, you don't deserve pretzels because you're making me do this because it was your fault. And Elaine, no, she's like, I know it was a major screw-up on my part because he's like, why don't you tell her right after I called? Then she knew it was me. Um, but she's like, you know, will you call her? And so she reaches for some pretzels, that Jer- and he, like, makes her drop the pretzels that she has in her hand. Man, I didn't recoil. even catch this. Oh, it's so I funny. I didn't catch it. He's like, these are my, I'm doing a favor. You don't deserve pretzels. So I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and then the way he explains it is, it was like, oh, the misunderstanding. You know, I'm a, I'm a comedian, and Elaine doesn't understand my humor. So I said something like, oh, it's a real treat talking to her. But Elaine thought I was being sarcastic because I'm a mm-hmm. comedian, so like, I'm very oh, sorry. It was about a the- real treat <laughs> talking to her again. Yeah. This is like the third or fourth time we've seen an explanation like that because it reminds me of oh that Michael Jordan is such a phony. You know when you try <laughs> to get away with saying something that yeah. you weren't really saying and explain it away. I forget the way it happened the previous episode or the one before, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I like that it keeps popping back up. Um, yeah, and so then back at Susan's parents, uh, the dad is raving about the cabin that his father built in 1947. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, he's. Like he's saying uh, that his father always told him to cherish the cabin. <laughs> what those his father's dying words? Yeah, because his mom. I think that's what he said. His mom died there, and then his dad died there ten years to the day, or something like that. Yeah. And his final words were "cherish the cabin." <laughs> um, he and then George compares it to Superman's fortress, which again falls flat. The fortress yeah, of solitude. But our first it's a Superman, Superman reference, reference yeah. in so long, definitely yes. the first of season four, maybe the first. Of season four and season three combined. I want to say season three is when they had a discussion about an, a planet of supermen or something like that. You think but so? it might have been season but it was, two. If it was season three, it was definitely early, really yeah, early yeah. in season three. <laughs> it was. So the first time in a long time. <laughs> yeah. And so this is where, you know, finally, between Susan and George, they managed to stammer out. Uh-huh. And, and I like the way they did this yeah, too. But they're both super flustered. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's why they kind of had to team up. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Because Susan says, well, the cabin, you see, the thing about it is it's... Uh, burned. Yeah. George is, all he says is burned. It's like, well, I get, you know, it it just uh, all of a sudden it burned. Yeah. And George, that's all George can say. Between, like, shoving food in his mouth, too, like, uh-huh. trying to, to but not... Like, but once that word was out, Susan was able to kind of, like, take control of it. Yeah. Take the reins and 
kind of calm her dad, although he didn't lash out as much as I was expecting. Yeah. It was more of just a sadness. Yeah, a shock and despair immediately. Yeah, yeah this this burned down. And the wife cracks up, <laughs> uh, and the dad walks out. <laughs> oh, my God. Back in the apartment... Uh, Sandra runs out of Jerry's back bedroom area, putting her yeah, shirt back on. With, yeah, her shirt's open, yeah. and she's just she's screaming, buttoning up. I can't believe you said that. Yeah, like, I want to know what he said. Well, Jerry's like, you were talking dirty. I was just trying to keep up. Already now, uh, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, where we're and, coming into the scene. Yeah, and uh, Sandra is. I, I think I actually wrote Susan here again. I did, <laughs> man. I don't know why I did that. Uh, but Sandra is. She's like. Uh, in the doorway on her way out and Jerry's doing whatever he can to make sure she does not repeat what he said. Yeah, this is just between us, right? Yes. He's like, and she's like, oh, really? <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, people people don't want to hear about stuff like this. Whereas what goes on in other people's bedrooms is maybe the number one thing most people are interested in without admitting it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. With, it's, oh, yeah. It, yeah. People wouldn't say like, oh, I want to know what my neighbor does in the bedroom or whatever. But certainly, or my friend or whatever, you know, my secretary. But certainly if you heard about it, you'd be like. Ooh. That's interesting information to me, but you wouldn't, you know, no. So no one wants to hear about you, stuff you'd like reply that. Exactly like that. No matter who's telling you, that is interesting information. That is interesting information. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, let's keep it between us, but it doesn't seem like she's going to. Uh, over at Monks now, Jerry is recounting to George what had what we've just mm-hmm. seen happen, and he's like, you know, she uh, Jerry. It seems like wasn't going, didn't have physical designs on doing anything with Sandra. Yeah, but like apparently, while they were still at the bar, uh, San- I wrote Susan here again. <laughs> what is my problem? Sandra uh, had her hand on Jerry's leg yeah. and was rubbing his leg, and he's. Uh, thinking, uh, the only thing I could think of is that hand should not be on my leg. Yeah, it's <laughs> Elaine, his ex girlfriend's secretary. Yeah. they have a. It's weird. Anytime they know somebody, the both of them are hooking up with. Um, and so I love though the fact that he's like, I. Uh, but there's no way to get the hand off once it's on. And I love how George's like, how do women get the hand off so easily? And Jerry's like, they're working <laughs> on another level. But it's true. If a woman doesn't want you to touch them, it's mm-hmm. it, they, it, for some reason. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just guys. You know, certain guys wouldn't say, wouldn't take no for an answer. But, uh, you know, I I find it, you know, obviously Jerry and George are the kind of guys like, how do they find it so easy to get rid of the hand? You know, you put your hand somewhere and all of a sudden it's gone. Like, I just I just found that very relatable, I'll say. (laughs) Um, And then she's like, well, you know, so we go back to my place and they're still getting physical. Yeah. And she starts with the dirty talk. And George is. (laughs) George loses it. Yeah. Okay. Time out. He throws his napkin down like he's throwing in the towel. For at a, at a at a boxing match or something, um, and he's like, well, "All right, timeout." Um, and so, just case in point, George is interested in what his friend is doing in the bedroom, yeah. and they're close enough that they're able to admit it to each other. I guess, you know? yeah. Um, but he's like, "What? What did she say?" And he's like, ah, "Jerry's like, oh, you know, the usual, mm-hmm. the typical dirty talk." Well, what is what is the usual? I don't exactly. know what the usual is. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't get out of talking about that by saying oh the usual you yeah. know it's like oh, oh no. you, you you know what happened you yeah, know what she you said know, the usual um george needs detail and jerry obliges we don't get to hear as audience members mm-hmm. he whispers it to him and honestly i went back and i turned on the um captions because sometimes there, there was nothing it just says whispers yeah. yeah sometimes like for instance with the uh yeah i heard it because it was boom you know with yeah. that instance we, we got a little <laughs> bit more from the captions than we did but no it just says whispers but a great take 
by George, who squeezes the ketchup as uh-huh. soon that he's holding as soon as Jerry uh, mentions what she says. <laughs> Which, I want to point out to you, option one for cover art for this episode is oh, jo- George yes. mid-ketchup bottle squeeze. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, I feel like, is a classic Seinfeld clip as well. You know, that you oh, really? see in clip shows. Yeah, yeah. What's she say? And then he squeezes the... George gets hot and bothered immediately by it. Um, so we know what... You know, and then Jerry's like... And then she starts talking about her panties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Then we find out Jerry's offending line was, you mean the panties your mother laid out for you? Oh, no, Jerry. <laughs> and George is puzzled why anyone would be offended by that line. He, he acknowledges that it's not sexy or good, but he's like, why be so offended by it? And honestly, not to jump ahead, but I thought we'd find out that her mom... Was dead or something, you know, something that simple. Like, it, it's just a, it's just a gross thing to think about. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Although with modern adult video trends, it's in line with those. From what I've heard. Oh no, <laughs> those kind of videos are very um, big right now. Supposedly, oh, supposedly. No. Um, <laughs> but so uh, that's all. That's all I have for monks. Are you good there? Without giving away too much information. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, Jerry obviously like doesn't want her to tell Elaine, oh, but yeah. uh, but she's gonna. Um, <laughs> That's what he's worried about. Yeah, yeah. George is telling uh, Jerry about uh, dinner with Susan's parents. Uh, he's just saying that her dad went into the bathroom and yeah. started full on sobbing. <laughs> yeah, um, and then they oh yeah they go to leave monks leaving full plates behind oh, i didn't notice that wow george and jerry's plates are both filled with a breakfast still Jeez. like did they go order breakfast order a coffee drink the coffee and leave <laughs> and that's it yeah that's it continuity error i mean they probably put down the plates and they were like all right as the shoot goes on maybe we'll get rid of this some of the stuff and then i guess they, and didn't. Then they didn't i don't know <laughs> yeah they didn't i didn't notice it though so and no one in new york <laughs> takes food with them yeah I guess because you never know when you're going to be back at a refrigerator. Exactly. Refrigerator, yeah. You eat when you're eating. Yeah. You don't take stuff with you. (laughs) You order enough food to eat right then. Yeah. That's what I've experienced anyway. Yeah, No one takes stuff with them. Yeah, especially if you're visiting because you're like, we're not going back to the hotel until midnight, early, whenever, you know, so it's six o'clock. We're not taking the dinner with us, which is a drag because I hate leaving leftovers. Oh my God. I I hate leaving leftovers so much. I will take stuff with me. Like, I'll take the bread oh, i'll take yeah. the butter i'll like if i have like an extra like amount of dipping sauce yeah. that i really like i'll ask for a two ounce portion container and a lid i'm taking that crap yeah. with me nothing that, if it's not nailed down it's going in the the doggy bag container yeah. yeah definitely uh so back at jerry's apartment back to business writing the pilot and they get a little bit further on it how about i say hi <laughs> and you say hello and again it's it's down Be- perfect it's beautiful it, yeah perfect yeah, yeah. Uh, ben Kramer enters. <laughs> oh, I guess this is where I had jumped ahead from the earlier scene. I thought this is, so Kramer enters and he says that, uh, you know, he can't get any cigars anymore. Mm-hmm. And he says, so this is where he says he has to take matters into his matters own hands. into his own hands. Yeah. yeah. And trying to find any distraction they can, Jerry's like, oh, where are you going? Don't run <laughs> off like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They want him to stay. Cr- Kramer's already gone. Yeah. I, was this even the point where he was like, I think it was, where he's like, oh, you guys are writing. I'll come back later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was like, no, 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 like, no, 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 no. Please come in. <laughs> sit down. Talk. Uh, so cut to the Cuban embassy. That's where uh, <laughs> Kramer enters and, and talks to the secretary there at the mm-hmm. front. And um, he does a great take, by the way. There's a woman sitting on a, uh, a couch there in the waiting room wearing those dark, like, 
glasses, old people glasses that go over a bigger pair of glasses yeah. and just staring unmoving. And he does a great take. Like a double take over his shoulder at her, which is funny. But the only thing that happens here is he's like, I'd like to, you know, talk to somebody. Uh, and the woman asks if he's American, yeah. and he says he is. Yeah, he says it, it's a private matter, yeah. but extremely <laughs> urgent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so back at the apartment, George and Jerry are napping again, but they're awoken by the buzzer, and it's Elaine. And she thanks uh, Sanders coming back to work. Mm-hmm. And so this is where Jerry asked her to fire her. He's like, yeah. "Well, you got to fire her. Yeah, don't ever, don't even <laughs> let her come back to work. You got to fire her because of something that happened on the date. Yeah, uh, the way she was talking and whatever. But we know it's because if the second Sandra gets in the office, she might tell Elaine Jerry's idea of dirty talk uh, that was so offensive. Um, and then we cut back to the embassy. Three Cuban officials walk down the hallway and very uh, official. Yeah, by the way. confront walking like in step. Yeah, and they confront uh, Kramer, and Kramer tells him straight up he wants to buy cigars, a couple, Cuban cigars. Yeah, a couple and boxes he shows, of cigars. He, he has saved one of the, one of the rings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they, they're illegal in the United States, which we touched on in the opening, which mm-hmm. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, that's interesting. That, yeah. yeah, you weren't familiar like, with that. I, I always knew like there was uh, not an aesthetic to Cuban cigars, yeah. but they were very desirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know why. I'm sure I, I didn't know high... if like, they were just like high quality and you couldn't get them because they were expensive or something i didn't know they were illegal yeah i'm sure they are high quality but also their forbidden nature was Mm. appealing probably if you could get them it meant you knew somebody you knew a guy yeah yeah that's why kramer gets to play at this beautiful private golf club which by the way i googled i was like i wonder how much it costs to join they don't even put that on their website. Oh. If you want to know how much it costs, oh. so that means it's one of those places if, if you, you want to know how much. If you have to ask, yeah, you can't afford it. You can't it. afford it, exactly. Wow. So, All yeah, right. But it is absolutely gorgeous. It's on the banks of uh, some gorgeous body of water up there, and they have wow, a long, really? yeah, a long private Man. beach and a nice beach house, and the, the courses look immaculate, obviously. <laughs> so it's still around Westchester Golf Club. but um, So I can understand now why Kramer wanted to keep mm-hmm. going back. And even mentions, like, I can't go back to the public courses the people that play there and they're all brown spots and stuff like that so now once he's had a taste it's like sitting in first class you know they say don't ever sit in first class if you don't do it regularly because you will never want to go back to coach yeah. you know so yeah it's if, the same if you, kind of if thing. you can't afford to fly first class from here on yeah, out yeah don't fly Just first don't class once because <laughs> yeah. you'll be miserable for the rest of your life yeah and kramer's experiencing that with the private club uh and so the lead guy now you know he's he talks about the cigars but he admire admires Kramer's jacket. Uh, which is this the jacket from this the jacket? Is the jacket? I was wondering. I was gonna go back and look, yeah. but I was like, I'm I think that's probably the jacket from the jacket, but I don't know. Yeah, it's the it's the, the jacket, jacket from the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> um so at Susan's parents, which I didn't recognize, we're in a new I'm lucky I guess we're lucky that George said he had to drop by Susan's parents' place. Was this so, her parents or was this Susan's place? It, George mentions that it's he's gotta go by Susan's parents and George, okay. and Jerry asks if he lives with them and he says you know, it's it's to set up, I guess, this um, uh, location later on because it's not going to be the same dining room we were already in. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't look like it fits in with that very nice dining room. It doesn't at all. This looks like a just small apartment. Yeah. Um, And... So that's why, yeah, that's why I thought it was uh, weird that they said, you know, because Jerry even asked if Susan lives with them or something like that, and I forget even what he says, but um, the uh, Susan's brother, Ricky, is there. Mm-hmm. He's home from college, and mm-hmm. is he already, or is George just telling him to get into podiatry? I think he's telling him to it, study podiatry. Well, then who was the brother or the son or someone is who that, was also into podiatry? Sarah's son? Maybe. I think so. Okay. Yeah. 
And this is Aunt Sarah, too, in this room. So maybe yeah. he was, again, trying to yeah, impress Aunt Sarah maybe. with some information that she was like, oh, how would he know that? Uh, yeah. I guess he, and you know. The first thing that Aunt Sarah says, he doesn't <laughs> look like me. So we Hilarious. know that, that that's a thing that has been talked about already. <laughs> oh, Susan's boyfriend looks exactly like you. <laughs> um, and the only remains from the fire are dropped off by the doorman who, uh, you know, brings up. He's like, yeah, the insurance guy some, dropped these some, off. Was it the doorman? I think it was, yeah. Okay, because I, I thought, I wrote down old-timey postman special nah. delivery. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like... Who? 1950s postman. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that's what he was. I didn't know he was the doorman. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a call forward to Murray Saves Christmas. Because remember, wasn't he a postman? Oh uh, no, milkman. I'm milkman. sorry, milkman. Come on, I get knew it together. He, I knew he wore a special uniform, <laughs> but it was Milkman's Day. That's right. Did you say uh, a call forward? Yeah, because Murray, we're 20 years away from Murray oh, Saves yeah, Christmas at this I guess point. So, yeah. yeah. So um, Murray was a call back to this episode, but it wasn't. Uh, False alarm. Also, the uh, Susan's mom is upset that Aunt Sarah's wheels were dirty, that oh she didn't gosh. clean the wheels. So she just pushes her into the corner. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Awful human beings. Awful human she's beings. A, she's, like, she's like, it's just common courtesy. Wipe your wheels Wipe before your you wheels. come into someone's oh. house and just pushes her off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, into the into the Jesus just facing the Christ. wall. It's awful. Um, but the only remains from the fire are letters from John Cheever to Henry, which were which were led yeah. to uh, yeah. And we're 19 minutes into the episode at this point, <laughs> yeah. And we're just getting into like the, the Cheever letters. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it, the one of the letters, the first one that Susan pulls out is about what a great weekend at the cabin uh, and how the John Cheever is still crippled from the orgasm that he had <laughs> p.s love the cabin by the way is how it ends and so everyone's kind of shocked by the letters but when when love the cabin comes up george and jerry give a kind of yeah it was a nice cabin you know like, you did appreciate <laughs> well, the, the cabin well, the, they, they weren't at the cabin they got to the cabin and it was already on fire Right, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. So I don't know why they thought that was a, a notable line, but I liked both. They both have the same reaction, like, yeah. eh, love the cabin, okay. Yeah, yeah. From also, crippling orgasm to love the cabin. <laughs> why is Susan screaming this? Did you catch this? No, she's, she's reading it very loudly. She's talking so loudly. He's like, dear Henry, last night with you was bliss. I'm like, okay. Uh, as a fellow loud talker, maybe I don't notice other, other loud talkers, but at this point the father who i guess is henry uh uh-huh. yeah rushes uh-huh. in rushes out from the bedroom and yeah. just confirms everything He's like, yeah admits to the affair yes we, we loved each other yeah yeah all right and to the wife in a way you'd never understand Jesus. yeah and jerry and george take this opportunity to make a as as un as casual an exit as they can i guess <laughs> Well, we better be going. Uh, and they have to make a couple attempts at it as well. Yeah. And I love the line, too, where George and Jerry are both, like, backing out of the room in that, oh, about time to hit the old dusty trail. Uh, and Jerry goes, I got to, uh, you know, and, like, is pointing at his watch. And George goes, uh, the time is what he's indicating there. <laughs> it's they're, great. They're just doing their best. Yeah. They're just doing their best to leave immediately. Yeah. Yeah. We're, by bringing attention to it, but also not. Okay, so we're back in Jerry's or... And we, they have the same... They're continuing to write the pilot. They have the same... So they, every time they sit down to write the pilot, they go over what they have. And now it's, we're in my apartment, you enter, I say hi, you say hello. And it's the same thing from earlier, yeah. but they go over <laughs> the beginning every time, even though nothing has changed. You know, they go uh-huh. over, all right, I come in and then we need something here. What if I say, 
How's it going? <laughs> Beautiful. Perfect. Write it down. Yeah, yeah. So that's going in. And then there's a knock on the door. And then I think it's George who goes, come on, we were on a roll. <laughs> uh, so now they're upset about being, um, you know, uh, interrupted. And it's uh, Jerry, uh, Elaine has cost uh, has been cost $429 by Jerry. Mm-hmm. Because when they hired, when they rehired Sandra, she snitched to um, Mr. What's his name? Pittman. Is that his name? Uh, yeah. I think. Anyway, her boss, the guy that we've seen, uh, you know, in previous, she snitched that Elaine was calling long distance to a friend she met when she was in Europe, and that's cost the company $429. Right, yeah. And before he does anything, before he acts on it or reacts to it at all, (laughs) I just wrote down, Jerry can just reimburse her on the spot. Exactly. (laughs) With cash. I'm surprised. $429? Oh, that's nothing. That's chump change. He he ends up writing her a check, but he. I'm surprised he didn't have the cash. Oh, hang on a second. I've got it in my wallet. 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, you oh. know, like counting out like a casino uh, dealer. I, I think you're giving him the benefit of having 20s. I would just say 100, 100, 100, 100. <laughs> 100, 100, and, a yeah. fi- and a 50, keep the change. And a 50, exactly. <laughs> um, so, but, but, but he's like, and that's all she said. He's like, yeah, th- that's all she, that's all that she said when she got rehired. She told uh, my boss about this $429. And so Jerry's, ecstatic oh yeah and he's that's, in the clear that's when he decides yeah. to pay her back oh let me take care of this yeah. which is what elaine wanted uh-huh um she's <laughs> this is this this scene brings this episode to god tier in my mind that I, <laughs> I love it so badly uh right now because so he he's like let me pay uh, and so he starts writing a check um he smells smoke in the hallway elaine opens the door and it's kramer and the cuban officials yeah, from he, earlier he made friends with all of the cubans <laughs> they're all smoking cubans yeah. in the hallway and he's like uh this is uh luis jorge umberto <laughs> and they're they're all smoking and luis is wearing kramer's jacket which so- sherry points out is that yeah, without even having yeah, to say it. Without saying it, and Kramer's yeah. just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so he, you can tell that Kramer's upset that he had to give away his jacket, <laughs> but he's ecstatic that he got some cigars for it. And he get, they're all going to Westchester Golf uh-huh. Club to play uh, there. So <laughs> a good trade for the jacket in Kramer's mind. Um, George, meanwhile, is on the couch now reading The Falconer by John Cheever. <laughs> Heretofore, I had no idea John Cheever was a real person. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I, I'm, I was hoping that it was the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I had no idea... <laughs> Because I'm, I'm thinking like, how do they get away with disparaging the estate of John Cheever? I learned, and we'll, we can talk about this at the end of the episode. His sexual history is ambiguous at best. But I'm like, still, how could they just say that'd be like someone going? Um, I, I don't know. I imagine. Oh, I had an affair with Prince. Just straight up saying it. Like, yeah, like you're gonna, someone's gonna come after you for that, yeah. right? You can't just write a real person <laughs> into a fictional affair like that, right? But I don't know. I, obviously, you can. Either that, or they just knew or had permission from the Cheever estate. I don't know. Maybe. But um, yeah. So it's he's reading the Falconer by John Cheever. Elaine gets the check from Jerry. Um, which is notable that she gets this check, and then Jerry's going back over to the couch to to, uh, and Elaine is leaving, and she's like, oh, "Okay, uh, well, yeah, I'll let you guys get back to work. Uh, maybe I'll go get my go visit my mother. She just bought me some new panties, and they're all <laughs> laid out for me." Oh my George god! And Jerry freeze. They do a freeze take. Jerry, Jerry is wrecked. Yeah, Jerry <laughs> is uh, like he's. He's in the process of sitting down, and he stops. And George is reaching for something, and he stops. It's a great it's, take it's, by it's, both of them. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a perfect shot. And she, shot. like, slams the door. So she knew that if she had told Jerry beforehand <laughs> that she knew about his dirty talk, he would have been less likely to reimburse uh-huh. her for that $429. Yeah. But she's got the check in her possession and then drops the line. <laughs> 
just perfectly. I mean, I that's when I like I was like, I'm starring this episode right now. It's just all worth it just for that one line was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. This 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 episode is just such great payoff. You get the episode you get the payoff for the title 19 minutes in like you said, and you get the payoff for that dirty talk in the middle of the episode at the very end. It's just I I mean, it couldn't be written any better. It was it, it's awesome. And it's by the way, this teleplay so the guy that did the script was Larry David. And when you watch this episode, so many Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes are structured like this. Where really? something happens at the beginning of the episode, Larry David flips off a guy, and then at the end of the episode, that guy gives Larry David his comeuppance. Or something like that. Like, okay. that's a basic example of the, I, the I've format. Only, I've only ever seen a few episodes of Curb. Uh, yeah, and they all usually play out like this, where, you know, th- there's such great payoffs at the beginning and end. So I, I love that, the, that he found that so early in his writing career for Seinfeld. That it, I, I mean... I, I laughed so hard at this episode. <laughs> I loved it so bad. Uh, we get one little stand-up bit about a- after the last commercial break. Interestingly enough, it's been a while since we've had one of those. Yeah, weird. Um, so after the last commercial break, it's about talking during sex, and then we get a bunch of archaic bits that would not work at oh all. My now, God, yeah. uh, number one being about phone sex. Yeah, it's uh, what happens when people are start getting too lazy for phone sex, and Jerry says they start uh, having phone machine sex. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you know I want it. Leave it on the tape. <laughs> I'm like, oh. That, and, ugh. and then the phone company, which when's the last time you heard that? I'm like, <laughs> I guess our, I guess you have a local phone company still. I guess yeah. most people probably get it through their cable company, but could you sign up for AT&T or Pacific Bell or something <laughs> like that? Like, who does our local phone service? You know what I mean? Yeah. I've like, no when you pick idea. up a landline. So phone company already was was an archaic term. And then he's like, then the phone company is inter- going to introduce sex waiting, where uh, I guess a phone sex worker will call you on the other line. This was all just very, even for the time, I was like, this couldn't have been that funny. Yeah. Like, I have someone calling on the other line. Uh, he's like, I got to take this. It's sex waiting. I don't know. It, it Not a good way to cap off the episode yeah it was a bad stand-up at the beginning and a bad stand-up at the end but the, yeah. the, the episode alone was it, great it's like an oreo yeah yeah exactly uh an <laughs> oreo made with like two <laughs> oreos that someone else already licked with no but the, uh, the but but it's double stuff at least so, so someone wiped their ass with the cookie <laughs> yeah, then yeah. put the cream in the middle yeah of it. But at least you got at least the cream is delicious and it was double stuff and maybe you can find a way to enjoy it without the cookie which I think is what we what I've done at least in this case because I, I loved it like I said it's my favorite episode so far in season four um, and that's all I got for yeah this episode yeah uh, I I did want to point out option two for cover art for this episode uh-huh. is that final scene where uh, where Jerry's like squatting down yeah, yeah. and Elaine's like in the doorway and they're all laid out for me oh my <laughs> gosh she was just so funny um, I I think. If, if I was going to vote, I'd vote for ketchup. But it's, ketchup, yeah. you think? Especially okay. if you can get a little bit of it squirting out. If you I'm going to try. Freeze frame. I'm yeah, going to try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Did we have any homework? Uh, no. I do want to mention, though, just pre-homework, because I, I, I knew uh, – well, I had a feeling. I was like, gosh, if Ted knows John Cheever, he's you know way out of my academic league. If you're like, <laughs> yeah, so for sure, I've read all of John Cheever's works. I just wanted to mention he was an American novelist and short story writer, sometimes called the Chekhov of the Suburbs, which is, again, out of my pay grade. As I'm not Jeez. familiar enough with Chekhov to know why yeah. John Cheever was the Chekhov of the suburbs. Uh, who, oh, he died in 1982 at age 70, and his fiction is mostly set in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, Westchester suburbs, old New England villages, uh, based on South Shore towns around Massachusetts, where he was born, Italy, specifically Rome, now recognized as one of the most important short fiction writers of the 20th century, uh, best remembered for short stories like The Enormous Radio or The 548 
Uh, he also wrote four novels, one of which, Fa- The Falconer, which George is enjoying from 1977. And so here's the, where maybe uh, most of this, uh, the information people will be interested in for this episode. Cheever's marriages was complicated by, uh, Cheever's marriage was complicated by his sexuality. He was married to a woman for a very long time. Okay. Variously described as gay, homosexual, or bisexual, Cheever had relationships with men and women, including a short relationship with composer Ned Roram and an affair with actress Hope Lang. Cheever's longest lover was a student of his, Max Zimmer, who lived in the Cheever family home. Cheever's daughter, guess what her name was? Susan. No. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So what a great little dig a little deeper and you find a fun <laughs> parallel that these men who had an affair also named both of their daughters Susan uh, in their complicated marriages they both had daughters I'll oh name my, my daughter Susan you name your daughter yeah um, she described their parents marriage as European saying they were people who felt their feelings weren't necessarily a reason to shatter a family so again just like uh, Susan's dad yeah this huh, Susan's okay. dad um, Henry's Susan a loveless marriage, as we were saying, a bad marriage, but no reason to split up a family still together after all these years mm-hmm. on. Uh, they certainly hurt each other plenty, but they didn't necessarily see that as a reason for divorce. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know, right? So very interesting parallels between Henry and John Man. Uh, Cheever. Yeah, very interesting. So that's some pre-homework that we don't have to do for next week. <laughs> but we're not a research-heavy show, but every so often we, we get the inkling to do that. Yeah. So. I, I, I do remember. I mentioned something at the beginning of the episode. I'm just going to have to... Go, yeah. ba- go back and listen to it. It wasn't anything big. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just something extra. Uh, but next week, we've got Season 4, Episode 8, The Opera. Original air date, November 4th, 1992. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see, Unaware her bow is a mad stalker. Jerry takes Elaine to the opera. Yeah. And I, I think we know who is going to reappear in this episode. Crazy Joe Davola. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, who we haven't seen since she was picked up on the street by him. Is she dating Joe Davola now? It sounds like it. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. I know, I know. And he's got it out for Jerry still. He Man. holds a grudge. By the way, did we we didn't uh, try to figure out a new um, uh, synopsis for the this oh, episode, right. the Cheever right. Letters. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's going to be fine, as I remember. But As he and Jerry start their script, George confronts Susan's father about the cabin fire. I don't mind this. I like it. Yeah. yeah it doesn't give anything away that it needs to. Yeah. This, you're, you're still wondering, oh, what are the Cheever letters? Yeah. Because this, yeah. this, this episode gives great reveal. Yeah. So and, I wouldn't all, wanna... and all of that happens really quick. Yeah. So everything else in the episode is like bonus, yeah. I guess. The only thing that you need to add is that... Jerry has a encounter and maybe put an adjective in front of there with Elaine's secretary, something I, like that. I guess you you could, yeah. but you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, and we got Newman's mail sack too. It's bursting, from what I heard. Yeah, uh, we have uh, two things in Newman's mail sack. Okay, uh, one is actually a follow up from last week. Cat who commented yeah. on uh, my uh, video for the teaser vi- the teaser video from last week's episode on my Instagram. Uh, she says, your boy Tim didn't have to call me out so hard this episode, what LMAO. I uh, she said, because she actually does have a lit degree and she works as a caption writer and transcriptionist. What did I say about her? I don't remember what you said, <laughs> but apparently you said something. I don't remember but, either. <laughs> uh, but uh, she included a uh, crying emoji, crying emoji. Not for Hulu so far, though. The lame thing is the website I work for forbids us to editorialize with sound descriptions like that. I always used to imagine writing captions before and was like, oh, I would be so creative. But alas, I'm not allowed. Oh, I remember why we were like, um, we were making, well, uh, we were making light of the way the caption writer described 
Naomi's laugh. And that's I was like, that's right. a lit. So I, I guess, unbeknownst <laughs> to me, I didn't know she was a lit major who writes captions. Yeah, yes. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's, that's actually really cool. Yeah. And then we, yeah, so we posited that it was someone who is unhappy in their job because they're not using to their full potential their literary degree. Yeah, cause, yeah, cause so they feel the need to write bra- flowery descriptions yeah. for stuff like that. Braying nasally yeah, yeah. laughter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, and then we, we posited also that it could be Jeff Goldblum as well. But so I guess that's why. But I'm going to throw Ted under the bus, too. He was going hard, too. So. Um, and then what else we got? Uh, we got an email uh, at no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Nice. Uh, from Benjamin Janicic. Uh, ben says, hey, guys, really enjoy the podcast. Not caught up yet. Just finishing the tape. Uh, but it's a really good Ooh. listen, and you have great chemistry. Cool. You guys should do Always Sunny next in 2023. Oh. He, he says, parentheses, in 2023, since Tim hasn't seen it. At one point, the show was billed as Seinfeld on crack. I have loved every episode of Always Sunny that I've had the pleasure of seeing even a few minutes of. <laughs> it's, it's funny. But it's I don't think I've ever seen the episode... An episode all the way through, really, or all I, in its entirety. I've definitely yeah. seen uh, in its entirety the first like four or five seasons. Yeah. Um, it's it's good. I it, would it's lo- a good show. I always and it's written. I don't know how much of it holds up though. Yeah, I'm I sure. Wonder. That, I'm sure there's a lot of bits now in the early episodes, yeah. specifically that are full of cringe. Do you think that it's like the ones people cringe because people call the Office cringy now, and people say that you know, and I'm like. I go back and watch well, those early episodes, well, and I'm here's like, the thing. no, it was- I, I watched season one of The Office recently, because yeah. I'm just getting into The Office with Grace. So yeah. I watched it a few months ago, and I was like, this is cringy, but I like it. Yeah. Season, like, one through four of Always Sunny is going to be like, ooh, so cringe. So, it w- but I mean, do you think it's cringe by, like, Charlie Day's character saying something, and you're like, of course he would say something like that. He's playing a character. You're not supposed to look at that character and go... That's the way you're supposed to emulate. Just like Michael Scott, people go, oh, the it's, stuff Michael Scott says you couldn't say. It's everyone in the show. But then again, <laughs> but there, then, there are no redeeming characters in Always Sunny. Yeah. There is not one. Yeah, yeah. And any that do enter the world of those characters is immediately run out, uh, you know, from what I've from what I've learned. If there is ever anyone redeeming that, that makes an appearance, yeah. they're so, repulsed by what they see. Yeah, so, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, I would add that, to, we'll add that to consideration for sure. And here's, to, to credit Always Sunny's writing, what I've noticed uh, is that I can come in in the middle of an episode and I... I don't lose anything by mm-hmm. doing that. I'm like, yeah. oh, I or know what's going of, on. Or in the middle of a season. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to have much But I've backstory. never even seen more than a few minutes of an episode. But whenever I've started an episode, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I get what's going on here immediately. Uh-huh. I, all the characters are so well-defined that within a few lines of dialogue, I understand what's funny about it, and I can follow the plot all the yeah. way through till as long as I want to stop watching. I'm like, this is one of the best-written shows on TV. Which, by the way, if you're an Always Sunny fan, please help me save AP Bio. Glenn, is it on? Glenn is it Howerton's on the? Show. Is it on the fence again? It's on the bubble. It is. Oh yeah. man! Um, Glenn Howerton is the bubble boy. Hashtag save AP Bio. Please, I, I know maybe it's prevent. Maybe maybe Always Sunny fans don't want it to be saved, so that Glenn has to go back to Always Sunny because I know that show. The cast is always doing lots of things that prevent them from doing. But please help me save AP. It's the funniest thing on television right now. Call I, on I our love it. Lord and Savior Danny DeVito yes. to save AP yes. Bio. Uh, I, I would love it. So and Glenn's Glenn Howerton's absolutely hilarious on it. So is Pat Oswald. But uh, I got to throw that in because uh, whenever. <laughs> you're listening to this if it's in the future 
you know, I'm sorry we couldn't save the Earth or AP Bio, <laughs> but try to find it if you can. In, in the future, the Earth is destroyed, but AP Bio yeah. is still going. Hopefully it's on Amazon Prime since Amazon is your president now, president <laughs> of the universe. Uh, uh, so. But Ben just concludes, keep doing what you're doing. Ben from Louisville. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, great city. I yeah, went there awesome. Once. Ben, thank you so much for checking out the show. Yeah, and uh, tweet at us or send us an email. And if you missed it, just rewind. We said it earlier. Yeah, links are in the description. Yeah. <laughs> For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Thank you.